Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our study on God's description of love as it comes to us through the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. God's description of love in 1 Corinthians 13 uh, is a 15-item list that together comprises God's definition of what love is and what love is not. God's definition of love goes like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So, so far in our study of God's description of love, we've uh, talked mainly about the headline of God's description of love, which is love is patient, love is kind. But then after this headline uh, describing what God's love is, the Apostle Paul next goes to eight or nine items uh, that describe what love never is and never does. And the first three items go together in this love never is list. They are love does not envy, love does not boast, and love is not proud. Uh, when we talk about what does God mean by love is not proud, it really helps to better define the two words that describe it, uh, meaning the word boast and the word envy. Let's start with that word boast and how love does not boast. The Greek word for proud and the Greek word for boast are related, and they're related by this. Let me show you what I mean. This is the Greek definition of the word proud. Uh, proud means puffed up. Proud means to be self-inflated. Now, what does the word boast mean in Greek? The Greek word for boast is this. <laughs> My uh, Greek professor uh, used to say that the Greek word for boast means windbag. Uh, and that's what uh, boasting is. It's just the wind that comes out of a life that is overinflated with self. See, this is why God says that love does not boast. Uh, I'll never overflow with God's love if I'm overinflated with myself. Right? It just makes sense that uh, if, if I am full of myself, there's no room for me to be full of God, and I'll never overflow with God's love if I'm already inflated with myself, and with the overflow of, of my self-inflation is this uh, boasting, these attitudes and words of, of self-importance and superiority. Uh, there are a lot of boastful and proud people in the world, but you may be surprised to know that some of the most proud and boastful people in the world are religious people, are people who consider themselves godly, people who even call themselves Christ followers. And I know this is true because I'm one of them. <laughs> I, I belong to a, a certain breed of people who are famous for being uh, full of themselves. I'm 
I belong to a certain breed of people who are famous for being windbags who are very self-inflated. I'm talking about a certain group of people called senior pastors. <laughs> uh, preaching pastors, senior pastors are famous for being full of themselves. Uh, do you know uh, how many senior pastors it takes to screw in a light bulb? Uh, just one. Uh, the senior pastor holds the light bulb as the world revolves around him. And if you like that, I've got a lot more like that because senior pastors struggle with being full of themselves. But it's not just senior pastors. Every believer in Jesus is filled with God's Holy Spirit who empowers the believer with spiritual gifts. Uh, gifts like leading and teaching and serving and worshiping and giving. And all of these good spiritual gifts can be contaminated by toxic pride. And some of you are saying, why are you talking about this? Why, why are you talking about how good spiritual gifts can go bad with pride? I'm talking about this because this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 13. Let's go back to the beginning of the chapter. And you see at the beginning of the chapter that Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. He talks about uh, having the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, which is the gift of preaching God's word, uh, the gift of faith, the gift of knowledge, the gift of giving, and how all of these good spiritual gifts are nothing if they are not served and motivated in love. The Apostle Paul is talking about uh, the, uh, the problem that was in the, the first Corinthian church, uh, which is this problem that they were full of themselves. Do uh, you know what was happening in the first church of Corinth? Uh, they were boasting about their spiritual gifts, these very gifts that God gave them so that they could serve and better love each other. They were using these gifts as a way to draw attention to themselves. These very gifts that God gave them to build up the church, they were using to build up their resumes. Uh, and this uh, boasting would, uh, would come out where they were like, I've got more faith than Judy. And uh, my gift of leading is so much more important than George's gift of serving. And what you could hear in the Corinthian church was this, this self-inflation. But uh, that's not all. It actually gets worse because wherever there's this prideful boasting, there is prideful envy. And so we read about in uh, the Corinthian church, there was this uh, envy on, uh, breeding underneath where there was like this, oh, what I would give if I could just have Harry's gift of teaching or Maggie's gift of prayer. And this envy is not love. No matter how we mask it, this envy is not love. Love does not envy. Envy is the opposite of love. Uh, the Greek word for envy uh, means the lust to possess the possession of someone else. And yes, there's a, a very ugly connection between greed and envy. Greed is this lust to possess the material possessions of someone else. And envy is this lust to possess the non-material possessions of someone else, like their personality or their gifts and abilities and so forth. And can you see how um, boasting and pride are like the two sides of the same pride coin? Uh, 
Pride uh, in boasting is about getting love. It's this, uh, uh, see about all my gifts that I have. See, I'm worthy to get love. And then the other side of the coin, uh, envy, it's the same thing. It's about getting love. It's, uh, oh, if I just had her personality or his gifts, then I'd be worthy of love. So the pride coin is uh, got boasting on one side and envy on the other. The question is, does, uh, does it buy you anything? Does uh, boasting or, uh, or envy actually buy you the love that you're looking for? No, the proud coin is counterfeit currency. It's worthless. Uh, if I boast, does that endear me to people? No, people find that repelling. Uh, if I'm burning with envy uh, with the people in my life, does that make me attractive? No, it makes me repellent to other people. See, pride separates me from people and it separates me from God. Uh, it, pride does not get me the love that I'm looking for. And that's why Jesus is continually uh, begging me to follow him and his model of humility. Jesus is begging me to, uh, to be humble in expressing love as he does. And that's why here in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul is, is begging uh, the, the believer to have this kind of humble love. It's because throughout scripture, God shows that the only way I can give his love to others is to first receive his love in humility. And you understand that, right? I mean, that the only way to, to receive God's love is to do it in humility. It's coming to God to start a relationship and saying, God, I cannot earn your love. I'm giving up my pride and I'm humbly just receiving your forgiveness in Jesus. Uh, have you ever heard of the uh, Westminster Confession of Faith? Um, it's this 33-section uh, summary of the uh, entire teaching of God in Scripture. It's 400 years old. And uh, just for fun, the other day I was uh, deciding to kind of take those 400-year-old lines of wisdom and try to paraphrase them into my uh, own words kind of fun. I'm sure you have all the time. <laughs> I'd like to share with you a little of the fun. Here's one line. Uh, there is no sin so small that it does not separate me from God when I hold it in pride. And there is no sin so large that it remains unforgiven when I humbly repent. It's a great summary. It's a summary of how my whole relationship with God operates on the continual elimination, ruthless elimination of pride in my life, and also the rigorous growth of humility in my life. The kind of humility that makes it impossible for me to be superior to anyone uh, on the human level. There's no chance for me to feel superior against anyone because uh, I'm, I'm a, a sinner who just depends upon uh, God's forgiveness as I humbly receive his love. And that same humility uh, that allows me to receive God's love is the humility that allows me to share that love with others in a way that gathers uh, real solid relationships into my life. See, pride separates me from God and separates me from people. But humility, humility is where I get to receive God's love and then overflow with it into my relationships. And you're saying, okay, I want to grow in this kind of humble love. How do I do it? 
Well, that's why we follow Jesus. We follow Jesus as the ultimate model of humility. Jesus says, follow me to humility. And we need to start where Jesus starts, which is uh, my question. As a believer, have you been baptized? Because uh, where Jesus starts, as he says, you need to put your invisible faith in me, and then you need to prove it through the visible declaration of your faith in baptism. So if you have received uh, Jesus' love through your invisible faith in him, have you also visibly declared it in baptism? And if you have not, I've got a great opportunity for you. On uh, Sunday afternoon, November 1st, we're going to have a private baptism service in the Black Rock Church building. Uh, This will be a small gathering of you and other people uh, who are going to be baptized before a small crowd of invited friends and family. This baptism will be completely COVID safe and will be recorded so it can be shared with the rest of the church family. And if you'd like to be part of this small and exciting and powerful baptism service, go to brc.church. Do it today at the very latest. Uh, Do it by next Sunday and uh, click on the baptism button and uh, you'll have the opportunity to submit your form and then we'll contact you with all the information you need to be baptized on Sunday afternoon, November 1st. So uh, humility and the growth of humility starts where Jesus starts by being humble enough to be baptized But then I grow my humility as I uh, do a a process of stopping some things and starting some things as I follow Jesus. I need to stop inflating with pride and start overflowing with love. What does that mean? Well, I, I need to stop being a love getter and start being a love giver. And see, growing in humility comes back to my identity and who I believe I am. I grow in humility when I understand correctly who I am in Christ. I mean, if I think of myself as a love-starved orphan in this world who needs to boast in order to get love and who looks at uh, other people with envy uh, and how they are loved and receive good things from God, if that's who I am, then of course in this world I'm going to be a love-grabber. But if instead I understand my true identity in Christ, that I am super loved, I'm a super loved child of God, not because of anything I've done, but simply because I've received God's love through my faith in Jesus, an infinite love with enough to overflow in me to others, I can stop being a love getter and be one of those few people in this world who is a love giver in Christ. And then also, I need to stop comparing and start sharing. If I'm going to grow in humble love, I've got to stop the habit of comparing myself with everybody in my life and looking at uh, every person in my life as someone who I'm either superior to or inferior to. And I spend half my life boasting and half my life in envy and spending none of my life doing what really counts and makes my life count, which is overflowing in the greatest thing, love, God's love. God's love does not envy. God's love does not boast. God's love is not proud. God's love is humble. It's a a humility that flows uh, through me as I start by receiving humbly God's love for me and then overflowing 
as I humbly yield to the Holy Spirit, who gives me spiritual gifts that I can use to humbly serve and love others in my life, as I yield to the Holy Spirit, as he fills me to live more and more like Jesus, overflowing with the greatest thing into all my relationships. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how we can take some practical steps to grow in humility so we can overflow with the greatest thing, love. Hi, everybody. I'm here with uh, Carrie Jelinek, uh, who has not only been my friend for like forever, but uh, <laughs> she's been on the ministry staff at BlackRock for over 18 years. And Carrie is uh, now the director of Global Missions Engagement. And uh, Carrie, thanks for helping us uh, put together uh, some ideas for application on this sermon that we just heard on how love is not proud. So here's the first question. Okay. Uh, the first question is, uh, what are some of the subtle ways that pride takes the love out of our relationships? I would say it would be oddly celebration and appreciation of some of the ways that we can serve and um, mm. minister to other people or yeah. even uh, give an encouraging word to people. Because uh, if we're not careful and we're not even taking that captive and making it obedient to Christ, it, that very thing can mm. be what puffs us up and contributes and feeds pride mm -hmm. in our own lives. And, and I find this uh, especially true, I appreciate in your message how you talked about uh, those who are religious and in the church and especially in ministry can be affected uh, by pride, sometimes yeah. the most. Right. And so I think that's one of the ways that suddenly uh, pride can take over in our lives if we're not careful, is uh, a lot of times when we're lauded and, uh, and uh, appreciated and make that into self-congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Although we don't know what that's like. No, have not at all. all sorts of Never has happened. And, and Never. <laughs> uh, it is true that, you know, pride sneaks in and it can be so subtle. Uh, we all have our favorite authors. And uh, one of my favorite authors is a, uh, a doctor. I don't know where he got his doctorate, but uh, it's Dr. Seuss. And uh, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, books is Yertle the Turtle, uh, where the story is... Uh, that uh, Yertle is kind of a self-appointed king of all the turtles in the pond. And uh, he uh, says, uh, I'm Yertle the turtle, oh marvelous me, I am the ruler of all I can see. And so he wants to go up higher so he can see more and rule more. So he arranges the other turtles uh, to get into a tower so he can be on the top of the tower. Uh, which works uh, great. He increases his uh, rule by increasing his visibility uh, until the turtle on the bottom burps. <laughs> and uh, when the turtle on the bottom burps, he comes off the top, of course, and goes headfirst into the mud. And uh, I think this is a great uh, metaphor uh, for how, first of all, how subtle it is for us that we can, we can be arranging the relationships in our pond uh, and not even realize that we're arranging uh, the, our relationships to elevate us uh, until somebody burps. Uh, you know, somebody <laughs> in our relationship circle uh, burps by, you know, uh, not meeting our expectations for the relationship or, uh, or conflict comes in and all of a sudden uh, conflict or disappointment uh, or something comes in and all of a sudden we feel this 
this world kind of uh, falling apart and falling into uh, this kind of uh, anger or despair or whatever it is. And if we analyze it, it's because our pride has Mm -hmm. been hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think maybe that's one of the first things that we can do is to um, really analyze our relationships where we feel real disappointment or hurt or whatever and analyze how much of it is pride. Yeah. Yeah. And analyze the expectations that, that led to that downfall. Um, uh, I love that, that picture of, of the way we even try to arrange our lives and our relationships, um, even in thinking we're serving and especially in ministry, thinking we're arranging things to help, Mm -hmm. uh, when in fact, uh, if we're not careful, we make it about ourselves right. and uh, and set expectations for ourselves or even the outcomes that we desire in ministry and the slightest hiccup or burp comes and <laughs> and uh, and uh, it all unravels right, right. Uh, and then we just kind of see the thread coming loose yeah. in our expectations yeah, and, and if so, we can analyze that I think we can find mm-hmm. out a lot of pride that we didn't know we had absolutely all right so we want to grow now in this uh, humble love mm-hmm. uh, of God. Uh, and so that means going to mean we're going to need to stop some things and we're going to need to start some things. So let's start with the stopping side first. And the next question is, uh, what are some ways we can stop our pride habits as love getters who are constantly comparing ourselves with others? And if you don't mind, I'll, I'll jump in sure. uh, and just say that I'd like to uh, especially call out a negative influence uh, that is so pervasive in, in our uh, culture, uh, a, a negative influence that really does uh, kind of draw out the love-getting kind of mentality mm-hmm. and also draw me into this comparison that is kind of in a constant cycle of boasting and envy. And I'm talking about Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, there are positive uses for uh, Facebook, but I am not on Facebook. And uh, one of the reasons is that, that very early I could tell that it was not bringing out good things in me, uh, that the whole uh, desire to get likes mm-hmm. is the opposite of being a love giver. And uh, the whole process of uh, boast posting, you know, of posting about how my latest vacation was the greatest ever until I read the other posts from other people and I find out that, no, I did not have the greatest vacation ever. They had the greatest vacation ever. And this whole cycle of, mm-hmm. of boasting and envy is just uh, toxic uh, to me and just draws out that, uh, that pride kind of a thing. So I think one th- habit we can address is uh, managing things that we know are bringing out the love-getting comparison kind of uh, problem within us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm off social media right now uh, myself for some of the very same reasons. Um, Just getting caught up in uh, losing time and uh, and trying to to go after the likes or or present uh, a perception Mm. of of what's going on in my life and uh, and getting caught in that comparison trap as well. I don't know if you've seen uh, on Netflix, uh, probably the most popular um, documentary out there right now is The Social Dilemma mm. about this very thing, featuring different developers from Facebook and other organizations uh, that put social media platforms out there talking about the, the impact, um, uh, especially on, on human psyche mm. and, uh, and just the, the unintended negative consequences of, um, 
of uh, platform mm -hmm. that is uh, unwittingly reflective of a world that is self-absorbed. Mm -hmm. Almost training us yeah. in the, uh, and kind of yeah. getting, our, yeah. getting our brains actually uh, kind of trained and kind of w with seeking the certain endorphins that, uh, that come from that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And the way it would naturally impact us and psychologically impact us in ways that, that we're not even aware of. Yeah. So, and I was um, thinking I was on a call yesterday with Ghana and uh, some pastors in Ghana, and, and they had posed the question to themselves, even there, of am I seeking to be faithful mm. or popular? Mm. And I think uh, we see this in our ministry lives, we see this in our personal lives and our relationships, where we can all drift into wanting to be popular mm. rather than being consistently faithful. That's good. And social media is, is an excellent example of how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, so even those of us who are in ministry or, or those of us who are, are seeking to, to be Christ followers and even thinking we're projecting that, if we're not careful, we get caught up hmm. in, in seeking that popularity right. rather than be, being consistently faithful to what God calls right. us to. And, and that pride takes over and the Tower of Turtles yeah, falls down. down. Because we're not seeking to be uh, uh, overflowing with the love that God gives us. We're instead trying to get the likes. Absolutely. And uh, get the likes yep. from uh, the people around us. All right, so that's what we need to stop. Uh, what do we need to start? So the, our third uh, question is, uh, do you have any examples of what God's humble love looks like in a relationship? Give mm -hmm. us an idea of what we need to start uh, in our relationships. Yeah, I would think um, one thing that comes to mind is uh, a couple years ago, I was re-diagnosed with Lyme disease. So I'd had it previously and got uh, bit by a tick again. And when I commenced treatment for that Lyme disease reinfection, um, that treatment uh, woke up whatever was dormant in my system and, mm. and my whole body kind of overreacted to the treatment I was getting. And so it uh, was really debilitating and I had no energy and, and really couldn't uh, do much for myself. And so um, just a, a series of people beginning with my roommate, uh, just literally preparing meals for me, taking mm -hmm. care of me, um, uh, running errands and, and tending to me, people praying, checking in on me, wow. uh, and just a steady stream of people for, for over a year in different ways, mm -hmm. serving me, uh, even people here at work, kind of taking things off my, my plate and self-delegating mm -hmm. my own tasks. Uh, and these are not sure. people that are going to get any kind of No, not at all. And that was the thing. The I had it. nothing yeah. to give back to them. <laughs> and they were still going out of their way to check on me, make yeah. sure everything was, was taken care of, uh, not seeking anything in return, definitely not boasting about it, just going about yeah. it quietly and in humble servitude. And so, um, and so that year, even though it was physically one of the most draining years of my life, was was a year of experiencing and receiving love mm. um, in many ways like I hadn't before um, because it was coming from a place of humility and not pride. And, and it just yeah. kind of showed me how, how pride can be an opposition of love mm -hmm. in many ways. And, yeah. and so seeing people not being self-seeking really made an impact. Wow, that's great. When I think of uh, 
that kind of humble love, I think, of Charlie. Uh, Charlie was a senior in high school, and uh, he really wanted to grow in uh, overflowing with God's love. So we went to his youth pastor and said, how can I grow in this kind of love of Jesus? And the youth pastor said, well, there's a, uh, a shy freshman uh, who's part of the youth group. Why don't you spend time with him? And Charlie's reaction was, uh, no, you're not telling me as a senior to spend time with a freshman. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. Uh, and the youth pastor said, your choice. Well, Charlie decided to spend time with that uh, shy freshman, uh, spend time praying, Bible study with him, hanging out even in high school with his other uh, senior friends. And uh, that just brought out that shy uh, kid and uh, made the huge impact on his life uh, that lasts to this day. And I know because I was that <laughs> shy freshman kid. And uh, I think that all of us who want to be more like Charlie mm-hmm. need to look into uh, what it means for us to have relationships that are not serving us, are not elevating us, but are instead relationships where we're elevating someone else. Right. And uh, that this is a great opportunity for us to look for those kind of relationships and uh, apply what it means that love is not proud. Right. Thanks a million, uh, Carrie. Thank you so much. And uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your humble love and how you demonstrate that humble love to us uh, in so many ways, uh, in the ways you elevate us and serve us uh, by your love. Now we want to overflow with that love into our relationships. Lord, would you give us this humility that we've been talking about and help us to uh, actually get serious with the subtlety of pride in our lives. Help us to uh, instead uh, do the things we need to do to stop and, uh, uh, and do the things we need to start, uh, actually showing this kind of uh, humble love in our relationships uh, for your glory and our joy. In your name, Jesus, amen.